Demi Show zooms to mainland Europe to talk with Gabrielle in Baden-Württemberg, Germany. Dave and Gabrielle discuss being underemployed, missing traveling, attending film festivals, and the German Querendanker movement. Gabrielle worries one of the costs of the pandemic may be reductions in funding for education, the arts, social justice issues, and combating climate change. She is hopeful the pandemic will help us learn to live together more peacefully. The Gates, g'day. Welcome to the Pandemic Show. No one's alone on the Pandemic Show. Today, we're talking to Gabriel Elzazer from the southwest of Germany. Danke Thank you so much for joining us here today, Gabriel. Thank you very much, Dave, for inviting me. Gabriel spent some time studying in Waterloo. She's familiar with Ontario, Canada. Can we start off by you telling us what it was like where you lived? before the pandemic started. First, thank you very much for inviting me in my Waterloo time. Actually, it's 20 years ago, but I'm really happy that we're still in touch and that we can do that now. The pandemic, yeah, like last spring was pretty normal here for all like Germany, normal situation. For me personally, maybe a little bit different because I was thinking about quitting my job. I work part-time at the theater school in Stuttgart and was thinking of quitting and then the pandemic came our first lockdown and I wasn't sure if it was really a good idea to quit my job right now because everybody uh, knew it was gonna be a longer story and a difficult situation so I debated a lot with myself and finally decided that I'm gonna quit anyway but I'm still looking for another job that's the not so good part of it. The good thing is I have other jobs. Like I'm, I'm also working for film festival freelance and I was lucky enough that those could take place even though the pandemic caused a couple of a uh, couple of problems for them too. Was the theater industry shutting down as you were making your decision? The theater industry, yeah, was definitely because the lockdown and we, we are now in a, a second lockdown and the theaters are closed since November and have been closed last spring also for three months. Opened up in summer, but then with uh, heavy restrictions, they could have only a third of the people they usually host. So it's a hard time for the theaters. But I was working at a theater school and I think things run pretty normal for them, except how they have to teach a little bit different and do online teaching. We're very fortunate during this pandemic to have technology. Yep, that's true. I just spoke with David Hayes from San Francisco. He made the observation that not everybody adopted technology when it came out into the marketplace around the dot-com bubble. But now the pandemic has just forced so many of us to do things with technology. I don't know whether we were resisting or not just adapting sooner. That's one of the things I found very fascinating about the pandemic. And to be talking to you, an old friend, on Zoom... <laughs> different time zones like I, it's 4 30 p.m here it must be later there yeah it's 10 30 here 10 30 p.m can you see the supermoon not from where i'm sitting but i saw it last last evening if it wasn't so cold here there's been times that i wanted to go outside and read a book to it <laughs> the clouds have been coming in and obscuring it as well but yeah the supermoon i bet the owls are really happy out hunting at night <laughs> <laughs> 
There'll be more rabbit fur around. The pandemic really seemed to hit in Ontario in March 2020. Schools were shut down, universities shut down. We had our first lockdown. Then going into June, things opened March, April, June, things were opening up more and more. And then we went down. It's kind of gone up and down. We're in a full lockdown here too. Toilet paper shortages were kind of one of the trends at the beginning and then runs on bread making and hair supplies. Chess became a big thing because of the Queen's Gambit Netflix show. There seems to be a big, big trend with people getting pets. Getting pets. I've got two dogs. You have a cat, Ronnie, right? Yes, right. But he's living here for a long time, so it's not a, a pandemic shop or something. A long-term pet, yeah. Yes. So what, what happened in Germany the pandemic started? What were some of the trends that were big there? Yeah, same as in Canada. The toilet paper shortage and pasta shortage. Yeah, but also because it was spring, I think a lot of people had more time to enjoy the spring more consciously than they usually would do. I think it was also a time where people took more care of each other compared to the second lockdown. Now everybody is a little bit pissed because it's going on for such a long time and it doesn't really seem to get better. So, or it's very slow and we're all a little bit bored by the situation. But I think in spring, it was really, it was a different mentality. I like that. Brought the better of the people. There was a real sense of solidarity in the spring. In North America, there was the Breonna Taylor murder. And then there was the James Floyd murder. And then the Black Lives Matter rally really started getting going across North America. Yes. Kitchener, Ontario had apparently 15,000 people out for a rally. Did that social movement take, take root or go through Germany? Maybe not in the same way. It is an issue here as well, because sure, we have people from all areas of the planet here as well. I think a bigger issue here was demonstrations against all those corona measures, strict lockdowns and all that kind of stuff from all those people. Do you call them rat lickers? Oh yeah, plague plague rats, plague rats, rat lickers, anti-maskers. Yes. Angry people with no manners and they just seem to be lost, lost souls. In a way, yeah. So we had more demonstrations of these kind of people against any kind of measures and not well considering any kind of rules and they call themselves queer thinkers that is just the literal translation it has nothing to do with queerness in a rainbow kind of sense but they call themselves queer thinkers what is the correct uh, translation like weird or a little bit different yes yeah it's like that is it like the french yellow vest movement I don't know. I don't know enough about the Yellow West movement in France to really say that. It's a a very mixed bunch of people. There are a lot of right-wing people really going into the Nazi direction who are part of that movie. And then there's people who are against any kind of vaccination. And then there is all these people who believe in the, what's that, the conspiracy theories. And they think we're all getting deprogrammed by the vaccines and whatever. So all that kind of people and people who think our democracy is stopped by our government right now because of all the measures and lockdowns. Yeah. 
So it's a funny mixture of people who are demonstrating and are still demonstrating regularly. I don't think we suspected how one of the greatest challenges during the pandemic would be people who don't support public health measures. It didn't see that coming. I did (laughs) not see that coming. It kind of knocked the wind out of me a little bit because I didn't see it coming. But then if you're a student of history, similar trends existed 100 years ago with the Spanish oh, flu. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And I guess it's just a testament to how hard collective action can be. And also how much of a mental health, even though you can carry a heavy load, it's still a heavy load. You know what I'm saying? So this, the, the lockdown and the COVID measures and the isolation is challenging for all of us. And some people are acting out in that way. What upsets me is when you hear the strong will survive type of attitude and shows no empathy or compassion for other people. The Spanish flu in 1918, my understanding is it took young people tragically took young people but you didn't see the seniors out without their masks on not caring about young people because it doesn't affect us and now with this virus affecting old people and the tragedies that are occurring in seniors homes it really shows the inequity that existed in our society before covid and i hope we learn from it and i hope as we get through this pandemic these people with hate in their hearts it's it's warmed up by love and the coming of the sun, because we are going to get through this darkness. I f- we got to just get through this winter. And we, we, we remember how much easier last spring was in the spirit of hope. I hope we'll see some of that again here in the spring of 2021. Now, Groundhog Day is quickly approaching <laughs> February 2nd next week. Do you have any predictions? Do you think the groundhogs will see their shadow or not see their shadow? Will it be an early spring, a late winter? I don't know. We don't celebrate Groundhog Day here. I just can say it's already warm like in spring at some times. Like today, it's really, really warm here already. But then winter keeps coming back. So I don't know. No predictions. We'll see. It's interesting to talk to a mainlander from Europe as my understanding Groundhog Day is a European tradition here. Oops. Okay. I'm hoping for only one or two weeks of mud, not six weeks of mud. Yep, definitely. There's also a lobster now, Lucy the Lobster in Halifax, Nova Scotia. She's the only crustacean I'm aware of that predicts the weather. And I am on the edge of my seat to see what Lucy will predict for 2021. Okay. What did she say so far? I think last year she said early spring. And I got to tell you, groundhogs and lobsters, they predict the weather with tremendous accuracy. They're right 30 or 40% of the time. People, it seems, can't predict the weather as well as groundhogs and lobsters. That sounds promising. <laughs> Have there been any stories in, in the press around you about the effects on nature in the pandemic or on the arts? And nature, I think on nature, nature enjoys that we're not flying as much. And arts-wise, yeah. Because as I said, I'm, I'm working for film festivals, freelance organization stuff and like events management. And for film festivals, the pandemic was hard. And on the other hand, it was a good thing too, because a lot of festivals went online or at least partly online. I could join a lot of festivals this year, which I didn't do in any other year. Because I could just sit at home and then watch movies from all kinds of festivals at home. I like that a lot. 
because usually I, I can go to all kinds of festivals all over Germany or all over Europe, too expensive, too far. I think that was a really good thing. And I hope they will keep it for a little bit because it's an opportunity for, for more people to join festivals and to see films that they otherwise wouldn't see. There's greater access with the yep. virtual experience. Exactly, yeah. The pandemic really has shaken up technology and it seems that the couch community technologies are really thriving and helping us get through this pandemic and the self-isolation. <laughs> yeah. Your film festival, it's going online. Are there more eyes then seeing the films? I think so, yeah. But not all of them went online like the two that I was working for one of them did the other we did just like as usual just we postponed it a little bit into the summer because otherwise it would have taken place or would not have taken place because of the lockdown one thing I noticed of the pandemic is I've just been spending so much time outside if someone's not in my bubble I don't see them inside and you know you can have a bonfire you can go for a walk, you can mm. do some birding, you can go out and hug a tree. There's so much that you can do outside in nature still. Have you found that you're spending more time outside in nature around people? During the first lockdown, I actually did. And also during summer, because there was no way to travel this year or go on big holidays. So I just did small excursions, like exploring the neighborhood, exploring towns nearby, visiting the places that were easily accessible with public transport and that I usually don't really visit because you think, yeah, it's, it's the neighborhood. What should I do there? So it was interesting to to get your neighborhood and the area you live in a bit better. Have you noticed as your neighborhood or the community come together to help each other? Mm -hmm. Like I know there's community gardens here where people, the government almost kept them closed in the spring, but everybody said open the community gardens. So the community gardens got opened. Oh, we have community gardens. I don't know if they have been shut down during the lockdown. There are people organizing themselves, or at least that was happening during the first lockdown to, to support elderly people who were not, or who didn't want to leave their houses because of the pandemic and to help them with whatever grocery shopping and stuff like that. So there was a lot of, like you said, a lot of social connection that was in the spring. I don't know how what's going on right now. I think it still exists. Yeah. I'm looking to get some new masks for the next stage of the pandemic here now people are talking about wearing two masks is that oh. a thing over there in germany two masks no like in spring we were all sewing our own masks and now like two weeks ago the government decided we were not allowed the the self-made masks anymore in public transport and in like in public areas so we have to buy those um, masks that are usually used in like in, in hospitals are they expensive they're, they're more expensive yeah they are supposed to be more safe and i hope it's true so but apparently they they help a little bit better we're going to see the blue blue paper masks yeah the blue paper mask and then the i don't know they look a little bit like a i don't know like a, a little tent and you can't breathe very well under them but apparently they help what do you hear about the new strains or mutations yeah people are very afraid here about them and the government just decided to not let people who come from countries where those viruses are 
more like i don't know how to so the, say it. so like there's a travel ban on the united kingdom yeah. the travel ban on south africa travel ban on brazil yeah something like that or at least it's harder to get in from there because yeah we don't want the the mutations here it did surprise me that after the lockdown in 2020 they would allow so much flying without stringent protocols it, it seems like some countries have stronger protocols than other but these new variants are just traveling freely around the world. It's unfortunate as it makes the pandemic worse for the rest of us that are following public health guidelines in the interest of the public good. Yeah, it's uh, really, I'm wondering sometimes of hearing people who just go on holidays like as usual and then coming back and it seems to be very easy. Like I didn't travel very much or not at all, not, not really like not like I usually do because I thought it's it's too complicated and I don't want to spend two weeks uh, in quarantine after my trip so yeah it's tough who can afford to stay trapped for 14 days because it's so expensive to try to get supplies and so complicated it's big time now the vaccine what's the status of the vaccine rollout in Germany in Germany I think we have two vaccines who are admitted and the third one, the one from Sweden and, and Great Britain, that is, I don't know, it either has been recently admitted to or is about to be admitted soon. We have a shortage anyway. There are not so much people who have been vaccinated yet, and we don't have that much vaccine. People are complaining it's not going fast enough and there is not enough vaccine. Yeah, we'll see. I, I want to get... I want to get the Moderna vaccine because I've been told that's the Dolly Parton vaccine. Dolly Parton contributed finances to the development of that vaccine. And I, Mm -hmm. I'm a big Dolly Parton. Okay. I don't know. I have a preference too, but this, this vaccine is not yet admitted. It has not they haven't finished all the tests on it, but that sounds pretty good too. What's your vaccine preference and why? Ah, Now I have to look it up. What's the name? It's It has been developed in my former university town. Maybe that's why I feel so close to it. It's supposed to be not as expensive and doesn't have to be cooled down like 70 degree minus. So I think that, and it has a good, like, I, Dave, it's difficult for me to say all that in You're English. You're doing fantastic. <laughs> New vaccine, that's also one of these RNA vaccines. The newly developed ones who have, like i don't know 95 percent of what is that like success rate success rate exactly yeah i'm looking forward and i hope to get my vaccination soon but i don't know yet i don't belong to those people who who are first to get it it will take a while i guess i think we'll all be vaccinated by this time next year like germany canada and i'm hoping most of us are vaccinated as we get into the spring summer and fall. i have my fingers toes and eyes crossed what do you think the world will be like post covid Mm, good question i don't know on the one side i'm i'm a bit worried because this pandemic costs us a lot of money and all that money will not be available to a lot of other important things afterwards like climate change and stuff like that or education social justice projects and that worries me a little bit because of a little virus a lot of money spent on, yeah, on important things too, but are not available after afterwards to other important fields. And then I hope too that Demi teaches us a little bit, a little lesson about living together more peacefully, more caringly, probably more aware of 
the environment maybe and of each other. I don't know if that's going to happen. I hope so. But I, I'm afraid also that people will move very, very quickly back to life as usual. Everybody's happy when it's over. And I don't know if, if there's be there's going to be so much change. I don't know. I'm a little bit pessimistic, actually. There's certainly reason reasons to be pessimistic. I think there's a lot of reasons as well to be optimistic. One of the trends we're seeing in our pandemic show interviews is that there's a lot of faith in the next generation. Do you have hope in the young people in your community? Mm, I do so. Like, do you have the Fridays for Future movement in Canada as well? What's it called? Fridays for Future. Like the Swedish girl, Greta. Oh, Greta? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got Greta the here. The movement she started. I don't know. There's a lot of young people who are, are uh, like uh, very much into this movement. And it's not so like right now, it's a little bit all with the pandemic. I know in Ontario, the neoconservative government is trying to do its own agenda while we're all locked down, like developing environmentally sensitive areas in Ontario, like Mount Nemo, They're trying to put in a new highway through all these wetlands that mm. really benefit the developers. They don't benefit the local mm. community or long-term, they create more traffic problems than they solve. So it's sad because we're seeing the government trying to push through a lot of untenable action items with no public consultation or oversight it's alarming some of the some of the power grabs and plays that are being made behind in the darkness of the pandemic yeah but the fact that we're talking about them gives me hope i don't know if you've had a chance to listen to season two episode two the good the bad and the ugly arts covid and post-traumatic stress where suk champa and i talk about creating a dance hall number one hit banger, Pandemic Blossoms. And it was a poem inspired by Sarah yeah. Harmer's tweet mm -hmm. on December 10th, uh, 2020, about how the provincial government is trying to develop Mount Nemo under cover of the pandemic. I know writing poetry has really helped. And seeing that people are starting to talk about these things and realize that the you know, the other side hasn't stopped. Yeah, It's inspiring that Greta Thunberg's work is just really throughout the Western world. It has. It's amazing. I'm hearing from you that you have hope and you are given hope by the kids in your area. Yep. So despite the tremendous amount of greed and corruption in the political system, hopefully this pandemic will drive some democratic change and fresh air in the system in the years to come. How are we going to pay for all this? Are we moving towards a universal basic income? Shouldn't, doesn't it make sense that the industries that are capturing all the profits during this time, shouldn't they help offset the expense? Yep, they should. But hopefully should. we'll get some wealth taxes and some wealth redistribution rather than just cuts to social services, the things that make our communities safe and vibrant. Yep. It's great to talk, great to talk to a friend over in Europe. How's the Euro doing right now? Did it take a tumble after Brexit? You're asking me something. I don't know. I'm don't surprised know. I know what German money is called. It's the euro, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> it's the euro. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if, if there is any change, maybe more change to the British. I don't know. I think they took the bigger hit. Probably, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today and join us on the Pandemic Show. Yeah, thank you very much again. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Pandemic Show. We're all in this together, and we're glad you're here together with us. Physically distance with us at pandemishow.com. 
Be a part of our community by subscribing to and sharing The Pandemic Show. Thanks for taking a minute to email an episode, share a link, or promote us on social media. Pandemic Show is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Stories from the pandemic for the people of the pandemic. Do you have an interesting pandemic story and want to share? Email us at pandemishow at gmail.com. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to Giant Value for singing us in and letting us know everything is going to be all right. No one is alone at the pandemic show.